Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, your number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the one, the only, Colleen. Are you excited to talk about an anime original and then, <coughs> I'm dying here, and then uh, live action, we're going back to live action, Shinichi. Yeah, as excited as, as I can be for these two episodes, I guess. Do you have something to drink this time? Did you get your Gatorade? Uh, I do not. I do not, I but we're going to power through. <laughs> well, I'm not going to do that terrible fake uh, gin voice, so it should be fun. But you might wind up doing Mitsuhiko's voice a lot. I can do Mitsuhiko. Mitsuhiko okay. is not a problem. I mean, he's problematic, but he's not we're a problem. We're all set then. Alright, so let's kick it off. Episode 165 of the anime, The Disappearing Detective Boys Case. This originally aired October 25th, 1999, and Colleen, as I'm sure you remembered, the Conan tent today was a bunch of puppets. I actually did remember it this time, because it's so obscure. Conan says, today's episode features the detective boys. Ayumi and Genta have disappeared. Oh no. That is true. <laughs> that does happen. So the episode starts with Kogoro reading the newspaper, and he reads about a case where a pension uh, hotel landlord was hurt in a robbery. So basically what a pension hotel is, it's kind of like a sort of like a bed and breakfast. Uh, it's kind of catered towards uh, more Western uh, audiences. So it's more like a Western style house. That's, that's what a pension is. I had to look this up because the, the subtitles had it misspelled. And I was, I was very confused for a while, but I, I eventually figured it out. Yeah, I feel like they used just the like the japanese word but using our like the english alphabet so i was just sort of skipping over that word every time they used it when i was reading the subtitles kegaro says that such a case isn't worth the time of such a famous detective and he moves on about his day ron hands him his coffee and he asks where conan is ron says that he's on a school trip with the children's theater as they're puppeteering they're going with some other kids to a pension in the woods at Kirigaku. Ron wonders if Conan will be okay with the robber on the loose, but Kogoro says that those two places are completely different as he stares at this weird advertisement starring uh, Yoko Okino. So his he was not really caring about Conan. He was ready to do whatever Yoko was telling him to do. Probably buy something. Yeah, you can't have a conversation with, Ko uh, with Kogoro when Siyoko's in the picture. Ron says that Karagaku is famous for getting an incredible fog at night and worries that Ko that Conan will get lost. Kagero asks if there's an adult with them, and she says it's a college student named Kaifu. However, mid-conversation, Ron notices that her father just left the house. So he just <laughs> leaves without saying goodbye. Mid-conversation, he's out. He's out to do whatever Yoko told him to do. And that was uh, the Mori's contribution to this episode. Actually, no, that's a lie. Well, they come back that's for the true. end. That's true, yeah, they do. The kids are practicing their play with puppets, and it's about people going missing. Conan is annoyed to be doing this, and remembers that Hybera declined to come, so she's smart, Colleen. She's not getting roped into this bullshit. I was just glad that I didn't have to deal with her. Ew, you're so rude. At least <laughs> they gave a reason, though, for her being missing on, like, last episode, where they were <laughs> right. just like, uh, Hybera doesn't exist. Mitsuhiko uh, critiques Conan's performance, 
You're supposed to be a detective. Say it with more conviction. <laughs> During this whole episode, Mitsuhika's got like real bossy director vibes to him, which is just hilarious. Hilarious, but he's just the worst. And it's just this... I think I think Mitsuhika is my favorite character this episode. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Kaifu agrees, and he asks Conan to do it again. Uh, later on, the rest of the kids are talking about the play story, and Conan says it's like, and then there were none. The Agatha Christie novel, which totally didn't have a racist name when it was released. Right. Neither of them. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have two racist <laughs> names. Ayumi has heard about it and mentions that ten criminals were sent to one place and were killed one by one. Gintis says it doesn't matter to him, but he's hungry. Kaifu decides to stop now, and the kids will have dinner, then resume in an hour. He tells the kids not to lose their puppets, and to lie them neatly down. Ayumi tells Conan good work, but old dictator Mitsuhiko says that everybody needs more work. <laughs> he's, uh, he's such a dick in this episode, he's great. Uh, he put the dick in dictator. Oh, good one. So what do you think about Kaifu here, the uh, college student that is with them? He's uh, like one, wants to be an actor, and so he's teaching uh, these kids how to puppet shows. Yeah, uh, he was. He seemed like a nice guy. I mean, I guess you have to be if you decide to spend, whatever, a weekend with some children that you don't know and... Like your university. Well, student. I feel like there are some very not nice guys that choose to spend a weekend with children they don't know. That that's guess. true too. But I'm I was taking the more innocent route here. Um, yeah i I didn't see anything suspicious about him, and I know that later on they kind of the episode kind of is geared towards him maybe having done something or being sort of the the culprit. But uh, I was like pretty convinced that. He was innocent the entire time. The kids admire the fog after dinner, and Genta says he ate so much that he can't move. Shocking. Truly shocking. <laughs> Mitsuhiko tells the kid that they'll do more practice in about 30 minutes, which Genta complains about, but Kaifu is able to get everybody excited for practice. Meanwhile, a mysterious figure appears outside the fog looking at the house. So that's when you should be like, oh, this isn't Kaifu? There's another person here. Yeah, but the kids can't don't know that. Yeah. So Mitsuhiko asks the other kids if they've seen Kaifu, as they can't find him anywhere, and it's time for practice. Ayumi says the teacher's puppet is gone, and Conan is reminded of the Agatha Christie novel. Mitsuhiko then sees a figure outside, and Conan runs out. However, he can't see anybody, but but he does find some footprints. Ayumi then notices that two kids that were just with them have now vanished, and their puppets are also gone. All that are left are the Detective Boys puppets, and Genta believes it must be some sort of joke. So what do you think about all these puppets going missing? You know what? I couldn't remember uh, what was going on. I, I remember the end, but I just don't remember. I couldn't recall sort of what the disappearing trick was. So at first I was like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> like, no, I, I was not suspicious of Kaifu at all, so I'm not... I just, I didn't really know what to think at this point. They hear the back door creak, and Conan runs to it. They find footprints of the kids and another person. Matika says it must be the work of the pension burglar that has been in the news. He believes that the others are locked up somewhere. 
Genta says the detective boys will catch him, and Ayumi tells them to move out. However, Conan seems uncertain. He doesn't get why the robbers would take the puppets as well. So I gotta say, like, we later find out that it's kind of all in their head. But how funny is it that these kids are, like, so traumatized that they're running into, like, these complex cases that just a kid, like, wandering off <laughs> to them is, like, they must be locked up. <laughs> they're, they're being terrorized. They're being, you know, uh, abused. Like, they just give you the worst possible conclusion. Yeah, it's like their minds are hardwired that way now from just having, you know, mystery solving on the brain 24-7. So that's the only possible explanation. Conan says it would be good if they contacted the police, but the phone line has been cut. That means they'll have to go out in the fog. Conan checks the cabinets, but all of the emergency items are gone. They decide to look inside for clues before going outside, and Conan and Mitsuhiko head upstairs. As they leave, we then see a figure approach Ayumi and Genta. Conan and Mitsuhiko check Kaifu's room, and they find a map of the area in his bag. How suspicious having a map of the place you are traveling to. <laughs> and it was like a hand-drawn map, too. He also has a fully equipped toolbox. Why would you need... It wasn't even, like, stuff like you would use at a robbery, which, which was the funniest <laughs> part. He had, like, some pliers. He had a wrench. Like a rent, yeah. Like... <laughs> Screwdriver. I don't know what was in there. He had a hammer. Like, oh, this is definitely some high-tech robbery gear. But Mitsuhiko is fully sold. He says he must be the robber. They then hear Ayumi and Genta scream, and they run downstairs. However, they're both missing, and both of their puppets are gone as well. He came in order to destroy this pension while pretending to practice with the puppets, says Mitsuhiko. He tricked us, and I can't forgive him. So he's all all upset. Once you've lost Mitsuhiko's trust, you've lost it forever. Conan tells Mitsuhiko to wait, as not only are the kids gone, but also are their puppets. Conan doesn't believe it's him for that reason. Mitsuhiko says Conan is thinking too much. And that Kaifu is the one that has the puppets. They decide to look for the other kids, and Mitsuhiko says they'll catch the criminals with catch the criminal with their own hands. So Mitsuhiko is all fired up here. He's he, he has a lot of character in this episode. For somebody that usually blends into the background, and we've been talking about him not having a ton of worth. Like he kind of he's really the star of this uh, anime original, from being bossy to showing like. Uh, you know, his go-getter spirit here. Like, uh, this is a, a real Mitsuhiko-focused episode. Oh, definitely. Like, if you're a Mitsuhiko fan, this is the episode for you. And also, if you're a Mitsuhiko fan, why? <laughs> and how many of there? How many of you are there? Yes, that's it. There's dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> Can a Mitsuhiko go outside and find another building? They look inside the window, and all the kids are there with Kaifu. Kone and Mitsuhiko run off as Kaifu approaches, and he then closes the curtains. When they look back inside the building moments later, all the kids are gone. They enter the building, and that phone is also out. Kone decides to check the second floor and tells Mitsuhiko to stay there. He runs into a room, and that's when the lights go out. Mitsuhiko screams, and Kone sees these puppets flying at him, and that's when Kone's grabbed. While he's being grabbed, Kone yells out to Mitsuhiko. He tells him to run. But Mitsuhiko is just so terrified that Conan, of all people, got caught. So he's just standing still. He just can't believe it because, you know, Conan's always getting out of trouble. But he's he's been captured here. Yeah, oh no. What's going to happen now? Fearless leader is gone. 
a mysterious voice uh, starts talking to Mitsuhiko. He says, now it's only you left, Mitsuhiko. And Mitsuhiko begins to cry, and he runs outside. He's yelling for help. Running is pointless, Mitsuhiko. He then falls after tripping over a stone, and we see all these puppets flying at him. Mitsuhiko's cornered, and that's when Kaifu approaches him. And he says, come with me, Mitsuhiko. It's no good to be selfish. That's when Mitsuhiko charges at Kaifu, who is then pushed back, and he falls in a hole, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of looked like the end of Kaifu. Yeah, it almost looked like it was a big like cliff. But right, like it wasn't. a ravine or something, and it's just like, did this guy actually fall? Like, I don't know how the kids got to him fast enough to catch him. I mean, I don't think it was actually that deep. I don't know what he fell. Probably in, not. It was a very oddly like place thing. There's just this giant hole there. Uh, <laughs> suddenly, the rest of the kids appear and they help Kaifu up. Mitsuhiko is completely at a loss and wonders what's going on. Me too, Mitsuhiko, me too. <laughs> it's explained that Kaifu took everyone out for some practice with the puppets. They each came to the pension one by one, Kaifu explains. He accidentally forgot to tell Conan's group, and the tools in his room were for building a stage so that they could all practice. And the map was so they couldn't get lost in the fog. So, there's an explanation to everything, Colin. Yeah. I, I was not satisfied with any of it. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was really cute how the kids invented this, like, huge mystery and villain just because, you know, it's children's imaginations and they obviously go there because they've been in so many messed up cases. I thought it was cute. No, that part was cute. It's just the the whole, uh, exp- like, the reason behind why the other kids were disappearing. Like, oh, hey, we're just going to go practice in the pension next door. But we're going to conveniently forget to tell the four main characters. Well, they're not the main characters of the the damn play. I mean, maybe they are. But anyway, I mean, they're just other kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the main characters of the show. Like, obviously, these four have to stay behind and think there's something wrong afoot. But, yeah. There's an explanation for everything. So uh, it was like up until the point where uh, basically Mitsuhiko was being chased by that ominous voice. Um, I could see there being an explanation for everything, like the tools, obviously, and things. But that part had me a little uh, surprised because I just couldn't, I couldn't really imagine what the logical explanation for that was. But we're going to find out in a second. <laughs> The puppets were disappearing because they needed to be used, says Genta, who's acting like he wasn't completely fooled like the rest of them. <laughs> and Ayumi actually calls Genta out on that, and Conan apologizes to Mitsuhiko, says he was caught up in the moment, and that after he told Mitsuhiko to run, he realized all the kids were holding the puppets, and that Kaifu was having them practice. After they saw Mitsuhiko run off, Genta mentioned that Mitsuhiko has been bossy lately, so they decided to uh, trick him and surprise him. Mitsuhiko is hurt by all this, as he should be. Like, this was like a weird traumatic thing to do to this poor kid. Running through this fog all alone, scared, thinking he's gonna die. Like, this is a real asshole thing to do. Yeah. Uh, like, super hilarious that Genta came up with that because Mitsuhiko is being a little shit to everybody. But, um, yeah, I kind of feel bad for him because that would have been terrifying. 
Yeah, he's most hurt that even Ayumi played along. He says it was cruel. He then runs off. Conan asks Kaifu why the telephone lines are cut. And Kaifu's like, what? I didn't do that. And that's when Mitsuhiko screams. And he says the real pension burglar is there. Mitsuhiko is being held up by the man. And the guy goes, don't come near me. Do you care what happens to him? I'm evil. I'm a bad guy. (laughs) He says this. That's the exact line, yeah. The burglar tells Mitsuhiko to be quiet, but Mitsuhiko bites his hand instead. Conan uses this distraction to power up his shoes, and he then kicks a tree stump into the man's face. Reminder, like, when we were doing that Case Closed episode recently, we were told that it doubles his kicking power. So, like, one little kid, Conan, apparently, can almost kick a tree stump out of the ground. Deep roots in there, no problem. The burglar is knocked out, and the kids celebrate as the police arrive shortly afterward. Ayumi tells Conan to look the other way and to close his eyes. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> this was for, Colin? Oh, I definitely thought she was going to plant one on Mitsuhiko. And of course, like Ayumi oh. doesn't want Conan to see that, but she doesn't care if Genta sees. Yeah, this is hilarious. Uh, she then apologizes to Mitsuhiko and says this should help him, and she gives him a kiss on the cheek. Mitsuhiko's all better. Oh, I'm so. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm so happy now. That's not. This isn't even my Mitsuhiko. I mean, I do a different voice every time I try to be him. Apparently, uh, and Genta's enraged. He's like, "You'll never be my friend. I'll never forgive you." And Conan finally opens his eyes, and he's like, "What? What is? What's going on here?" <laughs> After the ending song, we learn that the kids put on a puppet show three days later. During it, Mitsuhiko accidentally pops his head out during the performance, and everybody laughs, including Ron and Kogoro in the crowd. And I like how, after all of his talk about everybody needing practice, Mitsuhiko was the one that screwed up publicly. Right. <laughs> what I love is that in the the uh, narration, Conan says that... Uh... A few days later, or whatever, how much time passed? Three days, there we go. Three days later, we put on a show for the kids. There were like two kids in the crowd, and all the other people were adults. <laughs> well, they're all the parents, and they're a couple siblings. Yeah. And Ken says it was a great success, the production was. I'm sure it was, everybody loved it. Everybody's raving about this puppet show. Right. The best thing since... And then there were none. Wow. Yeah, I'll stay at that. So, uh... Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Uh, the next Conan's hint is number of fish. Okay. Keep that in mind, yeah. darling. <laughs> I, I'll try to. Um, yeah, I don't recall that part in this case. Because, I, like, I watched the preview and I remember the the trick and all of that, but I can't remember why that happens to be important the number of fish karen says the next time is haji's turn huh tatori haji hatori haji oh a play on words and that's tatori is uh, hard i don't know is it no no no. you just said a city instead of hatori i mean it's not i mean i guess they kind of they sound similar but it's like okay yeah. Well, because the next, what's the title? the The title of the next episode is Hat- or not Hatori, Tatori something or other. The Spider. Oh, okay. Curse. Yeah, Tatori Spider Mansion Demon. 
Okay. Well, that's pretty clever. All right. You know what? You won me over. All right. That was a good, <laughs> good little funny gag then. I wasn't even trying to make a case for this joke. All right, Colleen. I feel like you're going to be overly negative here, but give me your opinions on the disappearing detective boys case. Whatever gave you that idea? I mean, Hibera wasn't in this episode. You seem like a hater. <laughs> oh, do I? Did it come across? Um, yeah, I thought this episode was pretty predictable. Um, like I said, I wasn't satisfied with how they explained the disappearance of the other kids. Um, what I did like about it, I guess, um, Mitsuhiko got some time to shine, which we don't see that often. And, of course, <laughs> the moment he does shine, he's not very nice to the other kids, but it was still amusing. Um, I love Conan's uh, sort of sarcastic quips at the beginning where <laughs> they're like practicing with the puppets and he's like, I'm so above this. I'm 17. What am I doing here? But I don't know. He got into it at the end. Like he put on the performance and all that. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I would say if somebody's a fan of the detective boys um or a shipper of mitsuhiko and ayumi or just likes puppets this is the episode for you (laughs) if not totally skippable wow okay well i thought it was fun i thought it was a lot of fun there's a lot of good humor here i thought the whole ron and kogra interaction at the beginning set it up really well I like the fact that Conan was being critiqued for not being a convincing detective, which is <laughs> the funniest part. Good, yes. uh, I thought Mitsuhiko was hilarious the entire time. I thought it was so so funny that Conan just was so obsessed with there having to be this complex mystery that he just didn't realize that, oh, the kids are just practicing because we were supposed to practice. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's really amusing to me. I thought it was a fun way to kind of turn... Like your standard detective boys case on its head. And then we still got the, oh, it's a bad guy, you got a kick in the head sequence at the very <laughs> end for good measure. So I thought it hit all the notes and it was a fun twist on what we usually see. I liked it. I think it's always seeing. I'm not going to be a, a hater like Miss Colleen here. Well, one of us has to be. So two thumbs up. So uh, I guess we'll. Take a break from all the hatred over here, all the dissing from <laughs> Colleen. They give thanks. I like to be positive. I want to give thanks to our patrons, uh, medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Big Chief Mason, Spencer Young, and the young William Lee. Right, maybe Spencer's young. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, get it. Yeah. You'd love it if Takagi said that joke at the end of a Conan episode. You'd be like, oh, Takagi, you're so funny. You're so great. <laughs> Is that what I sound like? Yeah, and uh, sadly, in the uh, live action episode we got to see here, we did not see uh, Tawagi, or Takagi, Takaki, Takagi, Takagi. He was gone. Yeah, we didn't have any police this episode, which is rare for Conan. Which they gravely needed, I felt. Like, for the last maybe... 15 minutes of the episode that's all i was saying i'm like where are the police so yeah let's cover file two the live broadcast locked room murder expose the secret of the psychic's curse this originally aired july 14th 2011 
And that was, was the short the title. Live action. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> there's these titles are ridiculous. And then the series is called like the challenge letter to Shinichi Kudo, so it's like trying to put that in this episode, you're going like five sentences. <laughs> So the episode starts off in the white room. Remember, they're all trapped there. And uh, Ron, Shinichi, and Kogura are looking at a levitating spoon. That's how the last episode ended, Colleen. They were staring at the spoon. That's right. What's that all about? Hmm. Shinichi pulls it down, and they find a nylon string attached to it. And Kogura says, They're making fools of us. In an instant, my... S- I don't know why I'm doing a voice. Uh, they're making <laughs> fools of us, says Kogura. In an instant, my psychic powers will awaken, and by psychokinesis, my thoughts alone will keep it floating in the air. And Ron's like, Dad, you're such an idiot. She's completely embarrassed here. (laughs) I mean, there's no need to be. They're all family, really. So she asks Shinichi who might be doing this, and he's not sure, but he does say that the challenge letter was certainly meant for them. Kegura says, says one other thing has been overlooked. If we lose our calm in this uh, in this situation, then it can be said we will surely be defeated. Shinichi says Kogoro can't remember anything, and he walks up to the computer, which is dated September second, twenty ten. Kogoro says, "Oh, that's my great grandmother's birthday. How does he remember that? Because <laughs> he's a great great grandson. Oh, that's too many greats, but apparently, y- you know what I'm trying to say." <laughs> Shinichi says it's a when a murder case occurred and that and this particular murder was broadcasted live on television and we then see the word magic get entered into the computer here. So, what do you think about this opening sequence? Um, I was really excited to get more Kogoro in this episode, and he like came out swinging with his I don't know gimmicks and his like one liners. So I was already, you know, having fun with Kogoro, uh, his character at least. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I'm not really sure what I thought. Like, I didn't think that magic was going to be involved. I th- I thought it was more like the ESP thing, which it ended up being. So, yeah, it was uh, kind of intriguing. So, yeah, like, uh, I feel like live action Kogoro somehow is even more over the top than anime Kogoro. Absolutely, yeah. Would you agree with yes. that? Yes. <laughs> And it's like, which is sort of incredible. Well, when you think, like, if this guy had the same voice as the anime, he'd be like the perfect live-action Kogoro. So we flash back to the case as a psychic with powers named Washimi Jiro is introduced on a television show. He first became famous at seven when he used his ability to make a bunch of compasses freak out, spoon bending with willpower, spirit photography. And ESP telekinesis are his abilities. And Jero says that everybody will not learn that ESP exists today. So, are you ready to embrace ESP, Colleen? Uh, sure, I guess. Or maybe I'll just be like Shinichi was throughout the entire episode. Let's see. The show is called New Sensation Battle Program The Showdown, which is a very catchy title. <laughs> it's almost as catchy as the name of the episode. Oh, yeah. The host is a fashionable man named Harada Takayuki, who is joined by his female assistant, Mizutani Asako. Today's showdown features Jiro facing off against a great high school detective, Shinichi Kudo. Your boy's here, Colleen. Yay! 
he made it onto TV. Jiro says that his psychic abilities have no tricks or gimmicks, as it isn't magic. But Shinichi says he doesn't believe in ESP. ESP. Jiro says he expects an apology by the time this broadcast ends. Boy, Jiro is like just over the top certain and like so confident in his abilities. Yeah. Um. I mean, did you have? I any hate him. For- okay. <laughs> I was like, what did you think of Jiro? I hated him too. He was just the worst, and he did not get any better throughout the episode. Backstage, we see the director talking to Kogoro, who says he explained the program to Kudo, and they then have this weird conversation about a bouncing hand gesture that I did not understand at all. They were, like, doing this hand gesture, and Kogoro's like, more bouncing, more bouncing! (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what this was? Because I was so lost. No, like... Okay, going back to Kogoro being over the top, it's... Like... (laughs) I don't want to, I really don't want to say anything bad about it because I love, like, this actor's, um, uh, his characterization, I guess, of Kogoro. But because it's live action and there's, like, there's no music or goofy music to go along with it, it just sort of falls flat. So when it's stuff like this, it just kind of feels like Kogoro's, like, acting weird and nobody really (laughs) finds it funny. Back to the show, Jiro promises to bend a spoon, which Harada confirms is ordinary. They compare the two, and after he does it, it's clearly bent. Ron is in the crowd and is amazed at the performance. Shinichi then examines the spoons, and he's able to bend one himself. Who knew that Shinichi had psychic abilities? Well, he can just do everything, can he? Yeah, Shinichi takes it apart and says that anybody can do that with skilled hands and a little practice. Jiro says that Shinichi performed magic, but he did his with telekinesis. So he's like, oh, he's the, doing the fake stuff. I'm doing the real stuff. So you guys. <laughs> right. I'm, I was also like a little surprised as to, like, did Shinichi have, uh, I guess, the piece of the spoon prepared? Like, I don't know where he got it from. Who knows? Who knows? Rada calls Jiro a liar and Jiro is offended. Did you just insult me? Jiro asks, and he says, Even if I did insult you, that'd be okay, because you're a fraud. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) Jiro demands to show off more of his powers, and the host sits in a chair, and he says, Hey, Jiro, why don't you kill me? And Jiro goes, You won't regret it. And Harada's like, Oh, come on, everybody wants to see it. (laughs) Especially my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't expect this uh, episode to take such a turn. Like I thought there was actually going to be a like a murder but not one that the host actually asked for. Oh, and Jero's happy to oblige here. He says, "For treating me as a fool and taking my psychic abilities to task as fraud, you can repent for it in the afterworld as you wish. I will kill you." So Jero has Shinichi and the assistant back away. And he focuses heavily. The crowd starts to laugh. And Shinichi wonders just what kind of program this is. (laughs) Me too. The host starts to be suffocated. And we see his scarf lift him into the air as Shinichi just watches. He then falls to the floor. And a bunch of crew members run next to him. Ron runs to Shinichi and asks why he didn't stop it. And he says, fool. People don't die from ESP. He then tells Ron not to worry. And that's when Harada starts to scream and he clutches his heart. 
he convulses and then he just stops because dude is dead. He dead. He really dead. Yeah, so like, hey, Shinichi, maybe you should have uh, stepped in. You probably could have stopped a real murder from happening. Yeah. Although, Shinichi doesn't really feel bad about not being able to stop it. Like, he would have, like a like a kind of Moonlight Sonata scenario where he doesn't want anybody dying. He just sort of, like, let it happen right in front of his eyes. Yeah, it's weird. There's more, <laughs> there's zero regret to hear. There's more effort and like, Making sure that the killer here later doesn't kill themselves, then uh, any like uh, feelings of like, oh, you could have stopped that murder. Oh well, <laughs> Jiro and Jiro, who just committed murder to his knowledge, is like basking in it, and it's like, where? Why is this guy not being detained? Okay, thank you. You and I are, not, are on the same page. That's that's why I thought he was awful, and I was like, where is the police? Please have them come and take him away, because obviously he wants to be the murderer here. Are you satisfied with this, asked Jiro. You, who made me go this far and who wouldn't believe in ESP no matter what. You're all fools. <laughs> and Shinichi's like, you're stupid. You made me go this far. You taunted my powers. And Shinichi says, this doesn't have anything to do with ESP. It's just a murder. An impossible crime has happened in front of TV cameras. There must certainly be some trick behind it. I will absolutely bring out the truth. There's just one truth. There you Yay. go. Catchphrase. Shinichi. He almost said the catchphrase. Shiro tells Shinichi that he's going to fail as he was killed as he was killed by his powers, not a trick, and that it's impossible to see through something that wasn't there to begin with. Tell Shinichi that if he apologizes in front of the cameras, then he'll forgive him. How gracious is Jiro. Ugh, I hate him. <laughs> hate this guy. Which makes him like a really good, like, semi villain of this episode, I feel like. Yes. But he is the worst. Yeah, that's very true. Like, if I were to come up with a list of my uh, top villains, but not my favorite ones, he'd probably be on the list. I gotta say, like, uh, just as far as this live action stuff's going, they're doing a great job of making me, like, really hate the criminals and stuff. And I guess this guy doesn't isn't, like, the true criminal, but just as, like, the antagonist of each episode, like, they're doing a great job of making me just wanting them to yeah. die. I mean, I don't know about uh, you, but I didn't find any of the secondary characters likable at all. Jiro was the worst, but all the suspects were also pretty bad. Well, I feel like the suspects got, like, two lines of dialogue (laughs) before the very end. So there was no character development. It was just all about... It was the Jiro show. You know, our first episode was all about Mitsuhiko. This episode's all about Jiro. Yeah. And they were both awful. I mean, awful people. Shinichi- like, they, they acted well, if you want to call it that. Oh, Mitsuhiko, the worst, I agree. <laughs> Shinichi works through the details of this case. There's just one studio door, so this is essentially a closed room case. The criminal has to be in the studio. He then checks the victim's scarf, and he tells Jiro that he didn't mean that he'd exposed Jiro's trick. Shinichi then points to the, dire- uh, to the assistant director, Ota Owasi, Asako, who's the assistant host, Another AD, Nakamura Manjin, and Hanada's stylist, Hayashi Seiko. He says that these that these people are the chief suspects as they were all on the stage as Harada fell to the ground. So that's when I was like, oh, they must, somebody must have poisoned him, like, after he fell down. Like, I kind of figured the whole thing, like, oh, Harada was playing it up. 
and uh, faked it there. Where were you at on your own personal deduction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't as far as poison. I I thought that, yeah, they did something afterwards and they were just going to use the whole ESP as a cover-up. Um, and I was... I, I don't think I was suspicious of anyone at this point, but later on, um, I definitely set my sights on one person in particular. Ooh. So uh, Shinichi says that Harada was very tyrannical at work and recalls him harassing his assistants backstage. Nakamura says that there are a lot of jerks like Harada, so it wasn't reason enough to kill him. Shinichi also says also saw Harada make sexual advances to Asako. And she's like, hey, when you're aiming for the top, uh, you're going to be sexually harassed, you know. But if I kill somebody, you know, poof, it's all gone. I wouldn't do that. Come on. Wow. These people actually think this way? Oh, yeah. That's why it's so rampant, Colleen. The entertainment industry is terrible. Yes, I wouldn't know. This is how Harvey Harvey Weinstein, man, he was, he was doing all this and more. And finally, his stylist was called ugly by Harada earlier when Ron was trying to get an autograph. So, the the greatest motive, he was she was called ugly. U-G-L-Y. She ain't have no alibi. Because she ugly. <laughs> and to be fair to Harada... Oh no, we know what we Kind of ugly. Just saying. Nah, nah. I'm gonna cut that out. I don't want to say that real person's ugly. No, but if it was, if this would be anime, it'd be fine. <laughs> if it was an anime, very different case. Shinichi says Jiro isn't a suspect, which causes the psychic to say, that's because I'm not the suspect. I'm the <sighs> criminal. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> this guy. He's kind of hilarious, though. Like, he's... He's definitely, like, the cannon fodder for He's the He's entertaining, episode. I'll give him that. But horrible human being. Shinichi says Harada didn't, didn't die from ESP, and that he completely understands who the criminal is and what their trick was. And then we get a very brief interlude back in the white room. I, I don't know if this was, like, for a commercial thing <laughs> or something. But Shinichi teases Ron for believing in ESP, and she's like, I couldn't believe what you did next, Shinichi. And then, meanwhile, Kogoro has actually bent a spoon, and he just celebrates. Oh. <laughs> so, congrats to Kogoro. He has psychic powers, apparently. I don't even, like... <laughs> um, I don't know if we ever see that in the anime. Jiro asks Shinichi to retract his statement, or he'll use his psychic abilities to kill Ron. And Shinichi goes, hey, go ahead. I was gonna ask you to do, do it anyhow. Wow. I mean, I trust Shinichi, so I I knew that he had something up his sleeve and he wasn't going to put Ron in danger, but like it came off as kind of bad. Hey, if she dies, she dies, you know? Right. I mean, there's always Sonico. Ah, see? He's going to he's going to fail upwards. <laughs> So, uh, Jiro says Shinichi will regret these words for the rest of his life, and Ron protests, but Shinichi tells her to trust him. Jiro then attempts to use his powers, while an enraged Kogoro watches backstage, and he's held back by producers. Do we know why Kogoro was in that back room to begin with? I guess he was the one that facilitated, like, Shinichi being yeah, on. okay. It's just like, he's back there, Ron's in the audience, I don't know. 
Oh, he's friendly with the producer. He's a big show. Apparently, they they do this hand-bouncing gesture. It's like their secret handshake. It's weird because, like, Kugger is supposed to be, like, he hasn't solved a case in, like, five (laughs) years, you know? And, like, supposed to be down on his luck, but he's hanging out at TV stations backstage. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) Missed opportunity. They could have, like, slipped in a Yoko Kino scene. If only. I wonder if we'll ever see Yoko here. That'd be awesome if we do. I hope so. I guess we'll see. Yeah, Kicker is held back, and we see Ron wearing the same scarf that Harada had on, and she actually starts to be lifted by it. She then falls to the ground, and Kicker runs out, and he checks on his daughter, and he takes the scarf off. He finds a bruise around her neck and tries to attack Jiro. Kicker then goes to perform CPR on his daughter, but she wakes up, calls him a pervert, slaps him, and then punches him in the gut. <laughs> okay. It's one thing if he was going in to actually do proper CPR, but this is like co-girl version CPR, so it came off as really creepy. Yeah, especially when she calls her own dad a pervert. Like, what what was going to happen there? Jiro is confused, much like everybody, (laughs) and Shinichi explains that he had Ron pretend to play dead. A person can't be killed by ESP, Shinichi says for like the 80th time. (laughs) That's so true. He really does not believe in any of this stuff. Half this episode is just Jiro and Shinichi, like, in a pissing contest where he says, you know ESP isn't real. And he says, ESP is real. I'll kill ya. And Shinichi's like, I'll kill you. I only kill once. I'm a killer. <laughs> I'm a little rascal. You know you don't actually go to jail if you kill with ESP. That's the loophole I figured out. Like, okay, he didn't say that, but I feel like Jiro believes that. Shinichi says Harada wasn't strangled to death as he'd be showing signs of cyanosis and extravasation of blood. What supports this is sweat on his forehead and how he clutched his heart and body and how his body jumped while seemingly at the verge of death. Those are symptoms of being poisoned from an injection. So, uh, yeah, he wasn't killed, Colleen. He wasn't killed by magic powers. Oh, it's not magic. It's ESP. Apparently there's a big difference. Please, what I do is not magic. What I do is psychic powers. <laughs> and then wave your hands. It's like... Shut up, Jiro. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a nerd. Yeah. Go be friends with your computer. That's... Yes, yeah, so this is his origin story. He becomes <laughs> that guy. If that guy's name was also Jiro, I'd, like, lose my shit. That'd be awesome. Shinichi says the poison was likely one that caused a heart attack due to how quick it was, so it's likely potassium chloride. is also injected into his jugular vein to be close to his heart. Harada's death was caused by an acute heart failure and shock, not ESB. He's, he's just, <laughs> he just mentions this time and time again just to like put it to Jiro and piss him off. Yeah. I mean, Shinichi, or I guess Conan, doesn't even do this in the show, the anime, uh, with magic. Because, he, like, he's also a, kind of a poo-pooer of magic. He's like, oh, like, every trick has a solution. But he doesn't, like, talk about magic not existing as much as ESP in this one. Jiro's like, wow, uh, I don't use poison. I never got close to Harada. And Shinichi's like, well, yeah, you're not the killer. <laughs> How many times don't- do we have to go over this? <laughs> But doesn't that, isn't that such a weird statement to say? Like, I don't use poisons. So, like, you have killed people before, just not with poison? Is that what he's getting at? 
what I, I, get, I think my whole problem with this episode and how it's formatted is that there's no investigation and Shinichi figures out who did the case like 10 minutes into this 30 minute episode. And then we just have basically a 20 minute back and forth between Shinichi <laughs> and Jiro and it, and it's fun, but it's super repetitive. It's just this same note over and over again of him going, Oh, well, yeah, you didn't do it. You know, I did it. I don't have ESP powers. Uh, you don't have them. Yeah. And it's just think, that over yeah. and over again. <laughs> yeah, and they did that thing that uh, we have mentioned on the show before where, like, there's something kept from us, like a vital piece of information. At least I didn't see this. Maybe you did. But it, had we seen this in one of those flashbacks that Shinichi kept having... Like uh, we uh, we could have solved the case just as easily, but because we didn't have that vital piece of information, I felt like oh, okay. Well, Shinichi obviously had the upper hand the entire time. Kagura mentions that Harada was strangled with nobody around him and asked Shinichi to explain. Shinichi says Harada was simply putting on a performance for the crowd. The whole purpose of this program was to pull a dokeri, which is a basically a prank on Juro. Basically, think of punked. The classic <laughs> MTV show. Oh my gosh. So, Kagura confirms this, and Shinichi says the producers never believed in Jiro's power, and that they wanted to make him a laughingstock. Poor guy. Jiro's almost a sympathetic figure if he wasn't the absolute worst. Yeah. Like, at this point, um, this is where I started thinking that all the suspects were uh, scumbags. Like, even the two guys, the two, like, where, where are they, the... Uh, assistant the ADs the ADs like that had one line I was like oh well if they were in on this prank then they're just as bad as the rest of them Shinichi says proof of their decoree could be seen on the scarf as it was prepared with a shape memory alloy which remembers the shape it was given at high temperatures he mentions that these alloys are also used in Ron's bra so that they can return to shape even if they're deformed while washing Excellent, aren't they? Shinichi says. And Ron's just clearly embarrassed. And she's like, Shinichi, how do you even know such a thing? And Kagura asks if they're in that kind of relationship. And he's promptly elbowed in the gut by Ron. No, it's just because he learned a lot about bras from his first case in that airplane. Clearly. Hirata took advantage of that property and heated up the scarf with his hands this made the end stand up and fold Jiro into thinking he was actually strangling him. Kagura then brings up the bruise, which disappears after Kagura touches it. Shinichi says it was all makeup. And uh, Kagura then looks like a total idiot here. And he points at the makeup artist and he says, So you're the killer! And I guess this was like some uh, stereotype of like a gag. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about it before, how, like, Japan's not always the most progressive, but I think this was supposed to be, like, a very gay man. Like, flamboyant, uh, that was yeah. The, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, makeup artist, because they are so overdramatic. He's like, I only taught him to uh, apply the bruise. I didn't do that. Why did you say that? Why are you saying such a thing? And he's actually right, because Kegger is way off base uh, accusing him here. And Shinichi explains that it was all Harada's plan and that he was going to call Jiro a fool once the time was right. 
Asako then asks how a bruise appeared around Ron's neck as well, and Shinichi says there was still some makeup stuck to Harada's scarf, so he asked her to rub it on her neck. Just, uh, this is supposed to be evidence to a murder thing, and he's just like, hey, smear it all over you. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Still no cops. Exactly. Where are they? <laughs> Has nobody called anybody? <laughs> I mean, th- there's this... Well, they dead... don't want to interrupt a live TV show. Oh, very true. Live studio audience and everything. We'll wait until the show ends. <laughs> Shinichi goes to name the criminal, but he's interrupted by Jiro, who once again says he's going to use his psychic powers. <laughs> like, okay, who else is going to interrupt him? And what else is Jiro going to save? During this, we see the stage start to shake, and we see some wires moving. Some scaffolding is about to fall on them, but Ron kicks it back, and that's when we see a shadowy figure uh, backstage. And this is the worst. This looks so bad, like trying to do the shadow figure in live action. Yeah. I thought this looked terrible. It, it was... Uh, it wasn't even, like, good... I don't even... Special effects makeup, maybe, is what they were doing. Uh, just, no. Couldn't they have done just a shadow? That would have been better. Not, like, whatever that was. Eyeballs protruding out and, like, glowing in the dark or something. Shinichi then asks to see the pen in Jiro's pocket. Jiro pulls out the cap to share a syringe. Shinichi says the criminal used a pen-shaped syringe to carry out the crime. And Jiro says this syringe is just for his chronic diabetes. And he demonstrates using it. Shinichi then points to Jiro's other pocket and says, oh, I was asking about that pen. Jiro then wonders why he has two pens on him, and Shinichi tells the culprit that this is their last chance to surrender themselves to the police who aren't even there. So I guess they couldn't even do that if they wanted to. Right. What a twist with the pens. Two pens. Who would have thought? Not me, because obviously we didn't see the scene with the other pen until later on. Shinichi then points at the culprit, which appears to be Jiro, but he's actually pointing behind him to Hayashi Saiko, the stylist, who has literally said, like, two sentences this episode. Yeah, like the rest of them. Shinichi recalls that Saiko had a pen in her purse, but didn't give one to Ron for the autograph. I guess, like, uh, one big difference from this and, like, a regular Conan case is that, you know, I guess this is more of a drama than a mystery, so it's, like... You're not supposed to be figuring it out. Like, I guess if you come into these cases, like, trying to figure stuff out, you're going to be kind of disappointed. Because there's, uh, the first episode kind of circumvented all this by, like, letting you know how the murder Mm -hmm. happened first. And then you had to just, uh, you know, see how he would get caught. But here, like, I feel like it kind of loses something. Because, like you were saying, you don't get the necessary clues, um, you know, to solve it yourself. Yeah. And I guess it works for like a drama context, but uh if you're like a fan of the show, you kind of want to solve the cases along with uh, Shinichi, you know. Yeah, the structure was definitely different. Like uh in a normal anime case, it's very linear, so you learn things along with the characters, right? But in this one it's Shinichi basically knows all these little things that happen and then we get flashbacks, which I think works a- fine for this medium it's just like you said it's a little harder to play along yeah definitely um shinichi recalls that psycho had a pen in her purse but didn't give one to ron for the autograph she says that she merely forgot that she had it on her 
but now she has no pins in her purse. That is because after injecting the poison into Harada, she snuck it into Jiro's pocket. She was intending on framing Jiro the whole time, who was proudly saying he had done it, which she probably didn't think like he'd be bragging about being a murderer. It was it was actually so insane that he felt proud about that. Like, did, did he not realize that he would go to jail if that actually was the case? Well, like I said, if you kill somebody via <laughs> ESP, there's no charge for that. Oh, that's right. Darn. I forgot the law. However, she was afraid of getting caught by Shinichi, which is why she tried to kill both Juro and him just now with the scaffolding. Shinichi says that when they investigate the syringe, they'll find a small amount of her DNA from it. She then admits to the crime, and Kogoro asks why she did it. Also, she's really stupid if her DNA's in it. Like, they're not... Even if, like, Jiro, like, accused to the murder and stuff, they would still investigate the murder weapon with the DNA that she placed on him. So, like, I don't know. Like, none of this made sense. (laughs) And she's like, oh, darn, I didn't notice that. She admits to the crime, and Kogoro asks her why she did it. I believed Harada's words from when he told me I'd make my debut someday. So I committed myself to Harada for seven years, my body... Heart and time all went to Harada's use. And then finally, I was supposed to become his assistant on the show. Um, but he transferred in uh, Asako instead, and she couldn't forgive him. He picked a prettier woman. How sad. Yeah. <laughs> a, a worthy motive? What do we think? She should, she should have spent those seven years getting plastic surgery on that messed up face, girl. I said I was going to edit that out, but I'm just going to double down instead. Um, I But she didn't have any money for plastic surgery. True, true. I don't think she made much on... Uh, She was what? Oh, the hairstylist. I was like, if she was the makeup artist? No, that's the other guy. Psycho then grabs the syringe out of Jiro's hand and goes to commit suicide. However, Kogoro restrains her, and she shouts out, Nobody understands my feelings at all! <laughs> And Kogoro says, I don't want to understand your feelings, but there is one thing I do understand. For those guys who exert themselves respectably, God is certainly uh, preparing a reward for them. We don't know when that will come. No one knows that. But that's life's degree. Would have been better if you had just waited a little longer, too. And then the episode just kind of suddenly (laughs) ends here as the police come in out of nowhere. They take Psycho away. And... And Jiro is just screaming, I'm the real murderer! I'm gonna kill y'all! And uh, the studios, the lights go off, everybody's leaving. And while nobody dies, we do see this nail that was crooked straightened during it. So he apparently does have psychic powers. Right. But it's like the tiniest little thing. So like, forget actually trying to kill somebody or like him making the scaffolding topple over. It's just like one little nail that he manages to straighten out. Although, like, it does make you go like, oh, I get why you... It kind of explains his actions. Because he does actually have, like, psychic powers and all these people are trying to call him a fraud and stuff. So you get why he's so defensive and hammering on this point repeatedly and repeatedly. So I guess it does kind of make sense there. I suppose the spoons were also real. Or did they, they, I don't think they planted those. But yeah, so as much as I hated Jiro, I also didn't like the fact that they just brought him on the show to prank him. 
So back in the white room, Kagero inputs magic, but nothing happens. Shinichi then correctly inputs Dokuri, and they move on to the next room. Once there, they hear this loud explosion, and they're like, what? And the date says July 9th, 2010, and Kegger says he'll never forget that day. And more noises ring out, and Shinichi holds Ron's hand, and we get a preview for the next case, which is Murder by (laughs) Finger Gun. Um, A snappier title, shorter, but just so goofy. I'm so excited for this. I think it's like a court case yes. with Ron Small. That's I what, think. yeah. I am all for that. And she kills somebody by making a finger gun at them. <laughs> they actually get shot. This is amazing. I'm. She's got psychic powers too. I am so excited for this. I like. I would have been excited just to meet live action Airy, but the fact that it's a court case and a murder by finger gun. Oh. We are in for something good next time. I am so psyched. So we have that next. So overall, Colin, I get you don't like Jiro, probably by design. <laughs> but what'd you think about the second live action episode? Did you like it better without Tagaki? Um, you know what? I don't know if I liked it better without him specifically. Like he probably wouldn't have had much of a role here, especially since they conveniently left out the police for most of the episode uh so whatever i guess without tagaki Uh, i like that we had more time with kogoro although he was really over the top and um only some of his jokes landed for me uh like when he accused the makeup artist twice i think that was pretty funny because it just kind of reminded you of the anime kogoro like just kind of accusing people left and right without a real investigation or a real cause to do so um ron was slightly less annoying this time around uh, and we actually got to see some karate from her so that was great shinichi i thought it was great even though he did have sort of that like one note conversation going on with jiro that got a little repetitive and annoying but um i kind of liked his how he was just like um you know firm in his beliefs he's like nope esp doesn't whatever doesn't exist and i'll prove it to you guys and everything so i thought uh his uh detective like i i enjoyed him doing his detective detectiving no i enjoyed him doing his investigating (laughs) in this one uh a lot um didn't like any of the other characters um and yeah i i don't know if it was an obvious culprit like at one point i was like okay it must be the hairstylist because she seems the most innocent looking um so overall is that I mean, what I we don't... call ugly now we call ugly innocent innocent looking yeah yeah that's is that the, new the politically ugly. correct way i well, let's make it that way i guess um so yeah i mean oh, you look very innocent today colleen <laughs> oh oh no I know what you're really trying to say there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. Um, I don't know if I'm, uh, if this is like the me- medium for me to watch Detective Conan, and maybe that's why I'm not really feeling this these live action episodes. But I'm very excited for the next one, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I like this. Um, I think there's definitely some structural changes, and I think you have to be in the right mindset to really 
uh, enjoy this. You can't be expecting just Karen and, uh, especially because it is Shinichi rather than Conan. So that changes up, uh, to a good extent too. But, uh, yeah, you can't really expect just, oh, they're doing the anime, but in live action. So I think if you realize this is a drama and the murders are just a means to an end for the drama to occur, I think you can have some fun and enjoy it. I like the back and forth, even though it did get repetitive, but it also made me laugh quite a few times <laughs> uh, between Jiro and Shinichi. So I like that. Kogre is great. I thought Ron was better in the second episode than in the first. Uh, she wasn't as like self-absorbed and like r- weirdly materialistic here. She was just acting like Ron. It was cool to get those action bits where she was being a badass. So that was yeah, cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, I actually wouldn't mind seeing this like animated. Um, maybe not with Jiro's character being the way he was, but the fact that there was a murder on live TV, that that would be really interesting to watch. Well, they do do that in a certain Ooh. case. I can't remember if we covered was it Was it on live TV? Oh, okay. Yeah, they were filming a TV show. Did this happen? Let me there check. was one where I the only one I could recall that was maybe TV similar was like Megare and Agasa were in it. I think Megare is on TV. TV station murder case. This was episode thirty-one, very early on. So this is before you were. Uh, on the show. Okay. So we're going to cover yeah, episode, it in the dub. Episode 31. Yeah, yeah. At some point. <laughs> what, two years? <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah, it's cool. That's a cool case. This guy commits a murder mid during the show. And Sleeping Kogoro solves it live on the air. Oh, yeah. That's so... <laughs> we don't get Sleeping Kogoro in the live action. We just get dumb Kogoro making these accusations. <laughs> yeah well maybe we'll see him sleep at some point that'd be a fun <laughs> little gag and conan makes his big screen debut there he gets up here on the television broadcast too yeah lots of lots of fun stuff but i thought this live action was fun i liked it i liked the first one too so i think maybe i'll just enjoy these more than you because i'm not a hater <laughs> i guess not <laughs> Hey, don't worry. If I had an innocent-looking face like yours, I'd hate everything, too. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to take it personally. Next week, we're covering the Totary uh, Spider Mansion Demon case, which is a three-parter with Hattori Haiji. So uh, 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 I guess you have to that. take the notes for that. ha, 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 ha. So that'll do it for this week. Uh, I'll see you next week if I survive my note-taking. Oh, you'll do good. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, one truth always prevails.